Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. It's Friday, May 13th. This is The Gateway. I'm Shayla Farzan, in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead, when performing arts groups took their work online at the start of the pandemic, many saw web streaming as a last resort. There was a time where it was like, absolutely no, we are not doing this recorded. That was the mindset before the pandemic, and it has shifted radically. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports on arts organizations turning pandemic adjustments into long-term plans. First, the news. Missouri senators ended the state's months-long congressional redistricting impasse in dramatic fashion Thursday evening, sending a 6-2 Republican majority map to Governor Mike Parson. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum explains how a bipartisan group of senators broke the deadlock. Missouri lawmakers struggled for months to pass a new congressional map. They were primarily stymied by a group of senators who wanted to make the map more favorable to the GOP. But senators used a rarely used motion to dislodge the bill from committee that would create six Republican seats and two Democratic ones. Senator Mike Bernsketter says the move was needed to prevent the courts from getting involved. We've uh, done enough uh, talking and filibustering, and I think it's time to let the process play out. The Senate adjourned for the year after passing the map, killing a number of GOP priorities such as abortion restrictions and banning transgender women from participating in sports. In Jefferson City, I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. The Missouri legislature has also passed a sweeping elections bill that includes the requirement of a photo ID to cast a ballot. Members of the House voted 97 to 47 Thursday along party lines. Because it passed the Senate on Monday, it now goes to Governor Mike Parson. The bill also strips previously passed language related to COVID-19 that made it easier to vote during the pandemic. And it allows the Secretary of State to audit voter rolls for any local election authority. Representative John Simmons sponsored the bill, which originally focused solely on photo ID. We already have a good system. We just had to make sure it's always better because Missourians want uh, and deserve to know that their election system is trustworthy. One measure that Senate Democrats added that made it into the final bill is a two-week period of no-excuse absentee voting before an election. Finally, a total lunar eclipse will be visible across Missouri and Illinois this Sunday evening as the Earth, Sun, and Moon align. The Moon will turn a reddish-orange during the eclipse as light from the Sun is projected through the Earth's atmosphere and onto the surface of the Moon. The eclipse will be visible just after 9.30 p.m. Central Time Sunday and will peak around 11 p.m. When the coronavirus pandemic made indoor gatherings unsafe, performing arts organizations had to rethink what they do. Many took programming online, even though they believe it's a poor substitute for the in-person experience. They found that online programs have advantages and can draw huge audiences. Organizations are now making those programs part of their long-term future. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports. 
As audience members settle into their seats at Powell Hall one recent Saturday night, up on the mezzanine, there's a nondescript door marked Firehose Room. Behind it is a cramped space where a four-person crew is getting ready to capture the concert in high-definition video. What, what channels do I need for top of show? Looks like we're just going to use number one. Okay, thank you. Once the show starts, two camera operators sit at state-of-the-art consoles, controlling four cameras apiece with remote-controlled joysticks. A director sits behind them. Audrey Kwong flips through the score and tells the others what's coming up musically so they can get shots of featured players. Stand by horns. Horns go. We'll go back to the trumpets in a bit here, so... Publishing rights and union rules have long made it tricky to make an audio recording of a classical orchestra, much less to film it and put it online. But with audience sizes limited because of the pandemic, St. Louis Symphony sorted out the legal loose ends and spent $150,000 on video equipment. That's to record concerts and education programs, with more on the way next season. How do we stay connected when we find ourselves so far apart? Hi, I'm Alicia, and today... Programs like SoundLab. In one episode, St. Louis musician Alicia Reve-Like instructs kids in an audio mixing program. The assignment? To compose a musical letter to someone they haven't been able to see much because of the pandemic. What's the musical message you want to send to the person you miss? Try to express some of the things you want to say to them, but can't put into words. At Metro Theatre Company, artistic director Julia Flood says the theatre world had long been skeptical about showing video of its work. There was a time where it was like, absolutely no, this is a live media. We are not doing this recorded. That was the mindset before the pandemic, and I think it has shifted radically. Metro Theatre started filming performances and found they could attract audiences in new places. An online reading of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol attracted viewers from 40 states and six countries and brought 565 brand new donors to the theater. The troupe is back to in-person performances, but for Last Stop on Market Street in February, it filmed a performance and put it online. The onstage energy comes across on the screen. Managing director Joe Fowler says he's budgeting for more video projects next season because audiences still want them. There was a prevailing theory that once live audiences resumed, we would see streaming fall away again. And at least so far, knocking on wood, we have not seen that happen. Arts educators at Opera Theatre St. Louis were also skeptical about translating in-person education programs to digital versions. Allison Felter is director of education. If you'd asked her before the pandemic what she thought of online music lessons for young students, she would have told you... It's a really bad idea. <laughs> but when Opera Theatre couldn't mount its planned school tour of the Pirates of Penzance, it filmed a performance at its rehearsal studio. I'm very good at integral and differential calculus. I know the scientific names of beings and immaculate. And short and man is vegetable, animal and mineral. I am the very model of a modern major general. Felter says 4,500 students would typically get to see the touring show in person. The audience for the video, 87,000. The impact, huge, I mean, exponential. We should never do exclusively digital. We need to stay in person. It's a live, living, breathing art form, but this is another way to deliver that excellent product. Oh.
Over at St. Louis Symphony Orchestra, Associate Vice President for Education Maureen Burns says the future is bright for performers and arts educators who adapt their work to online platforms. I think it's only going to get better. The genie is out of the bottle at this point. As artists continue to adapt to an evolving pandemic, many will look for more ways to make online technology an asset rather than just a last resort. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Cazares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Shayla Farzan. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.